This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So hello, welcome to another Champions podcast of Rob Ryan Red. The Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Naif, we last saw each other in Torquay. How are you doing? You survived the weekend then. What a celebration that was and an end of our National League era. Yeah, I survived it. I got quite sunburned actually. I foolishly, Rich, you'll be you'll be mad as you'll be as cross as my parents were with me, that I was sat on the beach from morning till night pretty much, um, enjoying myself and I'm not one of those people who tans. So anyone who is, you're very fortunate. I'm not. I looked very much like a lobster by the time I got back to the B and B and I'm paying a very painful price. But apart from that, I'm very good. Uh it was a great weekend. It was actually I was saying to a few people down there along the harbour as I, I was kind of, I bumped into some of the players down there. I had a picture with Anthony Ford, Edit Lee, and a few other James Jones. No, but I saw Paul Mully went on the Ferris wheel. I'd, I'd love to know, I don't know his name, I forget the name of the fan who was on the Ferris wheel with Andy Cannon and Paul Mullen, but how surreal was that? You just, oh, an away day, no pressure. You've got Paul Mullen on a Ferris wheel. Um, yes, that would, that was very odd. But it was, it was the perfect away day. It was actually the perfect way. I didn't think I'd be saying that a long time ago, but it's the perfect way really to celebrate an end of season where we've won the league and uh yeah to see so many Wrexham down there was just amazing I was walking past Revolution and all these other little bars and clubs and all I could hear was Super Ben Foster in goal so great weekend and you were there and James Kelly and lots of other people so all good fun it was brilliant a real party wasn't it and yeah the Wrexham takeover down south was and a was great excellent. chippy as well actually a, a superb chippy next to the little little pub we were in so yeah we were probably I mean, sort of British tourists, weren't we? That we went yes. away and went to an Irish bar because that is that's actually <laughs> where you go to. Went to O'Donnell's, which was which was good on the seafront. Um, but yeah, what a weekend it was! And I mean, I hardly need to sort of go into the football, do we? Because that was quite inconsequential. Billy Waters, Billy played. Waters played. Yes, there you go. Billy Waters played the two hundred. Anyone who's anyone who's seen the article on robbrianred.com, Billy Waters, the two hundred seventy fourth player to turn out for Wrexham in the non-league era, which. It's just absolutely remarkable. Rich, some of the names on there are mind-boggling. I don't even think they're real, but apparently they are. Uh, yeah, I still can't believe that you actually went through and, and did that. You must have had a lot of free time that week because... I need a life. Um, but um, in the meantime, people are going to get lots of Wrexham content until I find what that is. Uh, but yes, I, I'm one of them people, Rich, where you know by now that I'm very... I'm a stickler for detail, and once I'm down the rabbit hole... There is no way out. So that was one. It was good fun, actually, to Hopefully pull together. There was, there was way out of the National League, though. And Thankfully. You know, commiserations to, to Torquay. I know the National Obsession lot. Uh, I know they've got Vanarara South now to look forward to. But, yeah, it's a shame that Torquay went down. But, of course, four teams have to every season. And, yeah, it was just a real party. Like I said, the football was quite irrelevant on the day it didn't really matter whatsoever I did think we deserved to win I thought we much better they scored an offside goal Ben Foster said in his vlog that we could have been what 8-1 up or something he joked I don't think we were that clinical no not a chance just a good performance to be honest I was a bit surprised how full strength we won 
went because I, obviously Parky wanted to give the fans a bit of a show to to thank them one last time for for making the the effort to get there. But yeah, I thought it was a really strong side that I wasn't expecting. I thought there'd be a few more changes, maybe a few youngsters on the bench just to give them that taste and that incentive. But yeah, it was just a celebration of of how far this group's come this season and a point to take us to the record breaking 111. And yeah, mad. If you follow Rob Brown Red on Twitter, a few months ago, I think it was about January or February, we tweeted a predicted uh, or projected National League table and it had Wrexham on 111 points. And some of the replies to that are saying, not a chance, there's no way it's going to be that high. What are you on about? That is ridiculous. You know, the stuff of dreams. It actually happened. Wrexham, 111 points. You almost feel like you've got to just mention that at every opportunity. I mean, what we've done is astronomical. And of course, without Notts County, we maybe don't get pushed to those... Ha- those heights and, and don't perform as well as a team. They brought out the best in us. You know, you need the villains, don't you, for us to have that that grand finale. But what's maybe been so annoying for me, Nate, this week is that all the articles from sort of the main media, and I don't want to go all conspiracy theorists and say the ma- <laughs> mainstream media or whatever, but has all been the perfect Hollywood ending. This isn't an ending. This is chapter one. You know, or maybe last season's chapter one. We have got a hell of a long way to go. And... Rob and Ryan are both still dreaming of the Premier League. Paul Mullen this week is saying championship in five years. The Hollywood ending, maybe to part one or part two, but there's a lot more acts to follow, aren't there? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just the beginning for them. And, um, you know, from from my dealings with people at the club, that they all feel exactly the same. Look, everybody won't get to come on the journey, as Humphrey said. I'm paraphrasing Humphrey in in or was it Robert one of them in uh, in season one of the documentary you know not everyone is going to get to go on the journey that is football that is very difficult to take sometimes because you get very attached to certain players and, and people and, and staff and, and you know all these things but the club is going to go from strength to strength and I think the people who are desperate to see it fail you know the critics I think that will only spur them on more to make sure it even is a, make sure it is a an even bigger success um on on your point about the team selection, I was equally a little bit a tad surprised. You know, I was of the mind that I would have booked Mullins' knee issue or knee op or knee clean or whatever it is, you know, the day after the celebrations at home to Boreham Woods. But I think Parky's so professional and old school that composition integrity does exist. And, you know, when Gateshead were 3-0 up on Maidenhead and Torquay were one up, Torquay needed, what, a seven-goal swing? They'd got four there. And, you know, had we just put out, you know, with respect, you know, uh, Scott Butler at centre-back and Kai Calderbank park and Dan Davis, if we'd have just gone all, all that, that would have reminded me a little bit of when Northampton missed out of on League 2 promotion last season when I think Bristol Rovers needed to beat Scunthorpe by seven goals and they beat them 7-0 and they had a teenager in goal and it was a big, big investigation and, you know, did it, did it comply with integrity of the game, the unwritten rule and all that sort of stuff? So Parky at least, you know, gave it his full strength. And for me on the day, I thought Elliot Lee was our, our best player. And I think he has really been for weeks, actually. I think he, he just looked the, light, the most lively player. And again, Barnett, I think there's so much more to come from him. I just think he is one of the... He is arguably the most exciting player we've got in the team. He is the one, like Mark Crichton said last week, thanks to everyone who's, who's listened to that, by the way, the thousands upon thousands that have listened to that. Um, you know, Ryan Barnett is a bums off seats kind of player, and um, yeah, and you can tell he's. I spoke to somebody this week actually at the club who was saying that he. I, I completely misinterpreted his personality. I thought he seemed maybe a little bit shy, a little bit quiet. You know, coming in late in the season, they said no, he's absolutely brilliant. You know, he's got a really funny personality. He's super popular with the lads. He's just bedded in like a dream, and. Um, yeah, they said Ryan Barnett and they said Billy Waters is absolutely phenomenal. You know, he hasn't played, apart from that game against Torquay, he hasn't made a single fuss. He knew what he was coming in, basically, to get back into League Two and was going to play a bigger role next season. But yeah, they said Billy Waters is one of the best blokes, you know, they've met in a long, long time. So, testament again to Parky's recruitment. You know, you, you can look at all his, his signings and very few you put in question marks next to or, or lines through. So, you know, Parky said this week, need a couple of quality additions for League 2 and, and you know in Parky we trust you everything he's done so far makes you believe that only greater greater players are even going to walk through the door 
it's also a testament to Parkin to the squad that they set out trying to finish as high up, you know, with as many points as they could. You, you could just rest on your laurels and say, right, we've already won the league. This is a free hit; it doesn't really matter. But on the flip side, those players wanted to set the bar as high as possible. You know, we could have potentially had it at 113 on our final day. In the end, it's just 111. I say just 111, but. <laughs> You know, that is the type of mentality that this team has. They want to to set these records and, and make these records unbeatable in the years to come and really write their, their legacy. And yeah, I thought it was a, another good performance. Again, like you said, the two wide men I thought were good. I thought Mendy was, was yeah, good, good defensively as well. Good. And yeah, it's always a, a bit of a weird dynamic because Torquay have so much more to play for. And again, right. that's so professional that we didn't even lose. I know that in the end, Torquay wouldn't have stayed up with the win that they wanted but the fact that we didn't just gift them that win like you said is is testament to the mentality of of this side that has been so phenomenal all season rich talking of mentality i'm sure you did watch the ben foster match day vlog but ben tozer has played he's played he's played every minute of every game hasn't he this season he's definitely started every single league match i'm pretty sure he's played every minute of every game um what a warrior he is you know you saw in the vlog him kicking off at Frank Newble. He absolutely loves it. The bloke's addicted to winning, which is amazing to have in in one of your players. And, you know, he easily could have been one who said, look, I've played every game. I You know, can I just have a game off and give Max a run out? Or, no, wanted to play. You know, he's downloaded Instagram now. He's loving life. He's playing all the time. He's now taking it up on social media. He's front of the bus for the parade. What a player. What a player and... Now, I put out a graphic on Instagram this week and on Twitter, I think, of Ntoza, just a kind of appreciation post because we've, you know, he's, he's not an unsung hero because all we do every week is sing his praises. But it's important, I think, because he has had a truly phenomenal season. And I do hope when these end of season awards come around and we're going to give hours later in the podcast, I hope there's one for him. I hope there's something there for him because he's he's more than earned it. Yeah, we go on about Bentoza so much that. Paul Mullins actually our unsung hero. That's a bloody <laughs> That's true. Podcast. But, yeah, it's it was it was fantastic and yeah, like I said, just a real fantastic end to the season. We've had Boreham Wood, we've had Yo, uh, sorry Torquay, and now you've had oh Yeovil as well. Yeah, yeah, the Yeovil as well. That was a good night. But make rich the atmosphere. I was in the seats. Unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, I was there. I was one of the lucky ones to be at Torquay. You were behind the goal. With the inflatable trophy, right next to the drum, it was right brilliant. next to the drum. It looked bouncing at the end. It was yeah, it was. I thought thought I was gonna burst my eardrums. It was that loud. It was fantastic and joyous. And I almost forgot as well that there'd be such good sort of party scenes at full time. I was almost like, oh, it's a draw. Oh well, long trip back now, five hour drive back. I did it there and back on the day, Torquay, which I do not recommend. By the way, Gloucester services decent, but. <laughs> an absolute rip-off if you want a sausage roll. And, yeah, it was just an excellent sort of interaction at full-time, I thought, between the players, the staff, and the supporters, and just a real celebration of how far we've come and how far we, we can now go, because this was arguably the, the toughest promotion we will ever have to earn. I know there's right. going to be difficulties when maybe you want to get out of League One or out of the Championship, but to actually get out of the National League is so tricky, and we've overcome that first enormous hurdle. And it does really feel like the sky's the limit now. And this past week has really made me believe, you know, I've always been a bit cynical about how far we can actually go as a club. But I think this last week has really hammered home that, you know, we have changed now. We've got over that tricky promotion that was always going to be the first massive hurdle, like I said. And now, why not? Robin Ryan talked about the Premier League. Why not? You know, I actually believe, maybe for the first time, just seeing everything this week, how it's all transpired, that we really can achieve everything we put our mindset to. And maybe it's sort of a a British, Welsh, Wrexham psyche that we're not used to accepting that things can be better and we're always maybe a bit self-deprecating and cynical. We've needed this North American energy and positivity. And I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe, why not? Why not, Wrexham? We saw this week the, the scenes for the parade, which we'll get onto shortly. But yeah, I'm just feeling so excited for the future now. Rich, if you're if you're excited for the future, then there's nobody in the Wrexham fan base that should be negative anymore. You're you're usually always balancing me out as a kind of equilibrium. I the way I look at it, if you're if you think Wrexham can get to the championship, which I don't think is people I don't think people think that's that far fetched, 
if Wrexham get to the Championship, why can't they get to the Premier League? One more, that's one more league up. You know, if you only think Wrexham can get to League One, then fine, you make so that the, champ- uh, the Premier League is is a stretch. But you know, dream big. There's no point dreaming dreaming smaller. There is no point in that. Uh, I don't see the value in you can't say Wrexham, in, in limiting expectations. I, I re- refuse to believe anyone saying Wrexham can't get to the Championship when Luton are third. Right, right. The season of fifth. You know, yeah. You look at teams we used to play historically in the league. Swansea, they finished tenth in, in the league. I think Hull, they were mid table as well. What what I would say what black what I would league. say what I would say is you're spot on. The, the National League is the biggest hurdle I think we'd face through until the Championship, and that's the reason I say that is one automatic spot we've basically had to be flawless, you know, throughout the campaign. You look at next season. Okay, each league will bring a higher quality, a higher standard required. The margin for error, in terms of the actual quality, will be will be will be small, will be will be lesser. But you look at it and go, okay, league two has places and then four playoff spots. So that's seven. Um, but three automatic being the key there. League one has two automatic, championship two automatic. So okay, if we're just playing the numbers game you double your chances automatically of getting out of these leagues. The quality, obviously, is incredibly high, and the money that is required in the championship, you, know, you may need to pay £10 million to get a player, or 7 or £8 million. That would be astronomical for Wrexham at this moment in time. Um, but it, like you say, it's not been... You look at teams in the championship, I look at you know Rotherham, or, like you said, a Huddersfield, or, or all these other teams... You know, Swansea have risen up through the league. Bournemouth are in the Premier League, and we would have a bigger stadium than them in a couple of years. Um, so, dare to dream, Rich, I would say. If this week, if this season has taught me anything, is that the sky's the limit of this football club. As long as people are interested in watching and following, you know, this club will be box office, and players will want to be part of it, managers will want to be part of it. And while those two things will change in the next five, ten years, naturally, you know, we'll still be here. And the fans are going to get to enjoy this ride for as long as it goes on. And I'm sure that's a very, very long time. Right then. Parade. The Sea of Red. This is what really made me believe, Nath, because, you know, if I am going to be cynical for a minute, I don't want to lower the tones too much. <laughs> He's back. He is back. With with the type of backing we have, winning the National League, okay, albeit in our in the manner we did, is, is difficult. But it's not the most jaw dropping feat, is it? To win the National League with our with our backing isn't isn't wild. It, it's brilliant that it's happened, but it wasn't wild. But the scenes on Monday were. This was akin to scenes that accompany a Premier League triumph. Someone who's won the FA Cup, not the National League, not the fifth tier of football in the UK. This is, I mean, the the numbers are hard to quantify, but rough estimate, sort of 20,000, double our max capacity, at least there, all well, captivated. North Wales Police said 40,000, they estimated. I see, I, I mean, it almost doesn't matter, though, does it? It doesn't matter whatever it, doesn't it was. Matter. If you go anywhere between twenty to 40,000 people, that is the catchment area you've got. That is people already invested in a team who are in the fifth tier. Only 10,000 of them can get to a match every week. But there's your scope. There's your growth. There's your belief. If we'd got promoted in other years, it's hard to envisage a celebration that would have been that big. You know, It wasn't just a party that was celebrating what we've been through. It's one that was looking forward to, to what lies ahead. And just to see that huge local crowd who've all bought into the vision, who all want to be part of the journey, it's just that evidence, isn't it, of, of how far this club can grow and exactly why Wrexham. Why can't we be dreaming of 20,000-plus crowds every week? Why can't we be dreaming of the Premier League? You know, we are the only people stopping ourselves from that. We've got to break off these shackles and have this positivity <laughs> because we've seen there, got we've to. seen on Tuesday night... The demand, the interest, the love for Wrexham Football Club, not going off to support Liverpool, Everton or United, supporting Wrexham because they're your club and they are as good as anyone. Arguably the most exciting club in world football right now. It is just such a good time to be a Wrexham fan and it's only going to get better. 
Yes, it was. I mean, the scenes were great, wasn't it? It was the fume was amazing actually to watch unfold. You know, rolling coverage on the BBC News Channel and just notifications galore of how can I get Wrexham off my screen? You know, Wrexham are everywhere. Why don't I get this on my team? It that that made me laugh a lot. But two things: if you're going to miss the Met Gala, which Ryan Reynolds did, you better hope, you best believe that it's going to be one hell of a party. And there was Ryan, San Miguel, a can of San Miguel in his hand waving to Wayne of the turf and, and going through the streets. And i tell you what, touch of class that Ryan and Rob were on the women's team bus. Because as as, as much as people were celebrating the women's team and, and giving them their flowers, there's always that risk, I think, that, you know, every, everything gets geared eventually towards the men's team and, and maybe, they you know, the spotlight is dimming on the women's team. Not Not a chance under these owners. Every chance they get, they're promoting the women's team. You know, Ryan has... Um, is it three daughters or you know daughters galore and and he's inspiring them with the likes of Amber Lightfoot and Rosie Hughes and uh, Rebecca Pritchard and Del Morgan and all these kind of players and you know to see them on top of the bus with Humphrey and, and the women's team and all these selfies and I know I think it was TJ uh, who scored that goal in the Connors Key game FaceTimed one of their family members with Robin Ryan it was just great and um I also enjoyed the fact that Wrexham, notorious for having terrible phone signal, and can't get a, can't get a, can't get a bar anywhere in Wrexham. Uh, all these players trying to go on live on Instagram, um, which was very optimistic, and they soon abandoned ship. But it was just great. It was just remarkable to see. I think was it Callum McFadden saying he's had three promotions, but nothing, you know, anywhere close to to what um, to what to what he saw. You know, the sea of red, the, the pyros, the and crowd, mad. Yeah. This summer, any player looking at why would you maybe want to join the Wrexham project? Be best mates with Rob and Ryan, win most weeks, play in front of a packed Kairas, and have that sort of demanded interest. I mean, you know, it is the fifth tier, but it must have felt like these players had just won the Champions League or won the yeah. World Cup or something. That, because Rich, I, it was surreal. It was absolutely I, biblical. It was it was it was great, and the pictures were. The, shout out to the various photographers because the pictures, you know, for someone who absolutely is a photography nerd, they were amazing. I thought some of them were spectacular. But what I would say, Rich, is, and I don't think this is a cynical take. I think this is actually part of the. I remember a while ago speaking to someone covering your lot, Manchester United, and um, they said that part of the negotiations in that was about brand growth and how you can grow them as a as, a, as an entity. You know, seeing Mullin bring out a book and, you know. Pod, uh, podcasts and all these different things that people are doing you know that will be appealing to players maybe two levels up maybe there's a player in the bottom half of the championship that looks at Wrexham and goes I can like you say I can get to know the owners I can play and I can be a bigger fish in a, in, a, in a currently smaller pond and I can grow my own personal brand Wrexham can offer all the things that these players want and ultimately it will need to be delivered on the pitch that is going to be the be all and end all if, if, the, if it's not successful on the pitch it will eventually not be successful off it but you know, there's nothing to say that Parky will get any bad bad apples in because he's got all these great characters in that are doing all these things on the side. But definitely, you have to say for players that the chance to build the brand, there is no better place right now outside the Premier League than than Wrexham to do that. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what they do in, in in the transfer market in the summer because you know anybody watching that parade, the footage was shared shared far and wide. Um, how would you not want to be a part of that? It was like you say. It was to use your word. It was biblical. It's just so exciting. It is so exciting, Nathan. Again, like you said, they're important that we do emphasise that this wasn't just uh, a celebration of what the the men's first team had achieved, because obviously that is going to get a lot of the attention, and that's going to be most of the headline grabbing stuff. But we've got what was it four title winning teams this season? Men's first team won the national league. The women's first team won the Adran North. The men's youth team won the National League Youth Alliance Division H and the women's under-19s won the Adran under-19s North competition as well. So that is success right across the board. And again, that is exactly what Robin Ryan set out to do. It wasn't just to grow the, the men's first team. It was to grow as in all areas in every department that we could really. And for this to be a club that is inclusive, that welcomes people from all across the region, from all different backgrounds, doesn't matter who you are, as long as you bleed red and support Wrexham, you know, you are part of us. And it's just, yeah, absolutely brilliant to see. And 
I'm just so excited to see what what the future holds now. Now, if that's what those the, the kits to be released for next season, I'm off to Japan next week. Damn, I, I was God. sort of hoping I'd have the new Wrexham kit to to show off when I try and take over rural Japan. I think that's the yeah, that's my mission statement. I'm going to try infiltrate it, sort of like a Christian missionary, and I'll go door to door praising the work of Phil Parkinson and Paul Mullen and try and and and. My nephew and Rob Ryan Red. Yeah, I'm going to try to teach my nephew how to sing a Wrexham chant. I'm trying to think which one would be maybe the least excellent. Are you, are you going to try and get him to do the? I mean, we got you sent me another chant that someone made up about Elliot Lee, which I'm not sure will 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 make it. I, to be honest, I'm still disappointed that Rye Rye McElhenney and Rye, which which you were so keen to get going, did not make not the cut, cut. But it's not made the cut yet. But yeah, working on that. We're working. But what did you also talking to chant? How good was the? Four more minutes in the National League, three more. I thought that was great. That was that we played in the intro. I just thought that was, um, yeah. The I mean the 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 scenes for that were just great down at Torquay, and I'm I'm excited, Rich, for some new away days. You know, I've I've done. I think I've done well, fifty that, of the ninety-two, I and I think that brings on nicely to sort of the next question because what next for Wrexham? We've seen how big the club can be. We've seen they've got this massive catchment area, twenty to forty thousand people who. You know, if they're happy to come to a parade, you'd imagine would be happy to go to matches, would be happy to to buy further into the club, buy merchandise, to to be part of this journey. What next for Wrexham? What is the limit? What are the next steps before we start dreaming of the Premier League? I mean, I mean the next. I mean, I I wrote a piece similar for this for 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 the Mail for the Day job, and I broke it down to some key areas. Recruitment is obviously you know paramount of, of paramount importance. Sorting out the goalkeeper situation. Hopefully, by the time we do this podcast next week, before you fly to Japan, we'll have the retain list. Not expecting too many surprises there, but you know, you never know with these things. Um, so, recruitment, specifically around a goalkeeper, will be key. And I think maybe post retain list, if there's a, if there's a shock and clearing the decks for the goalkeeper, I mean, you shared the video one more year for Foster on the parade. People were shout chanting two more years. You know, what will he do? Um, I I. If I'm hedging my bets, I would say that he does stay on for one more year. Um, the but I'm also is, with next season. You're playing a minimum of 51 games, is it? Because you'd have 46 league, three in the Papa John's at least league cup, FA Cup. I'm not saying the keeper plays every single match, but if you sign Ben Foster, you expect him to play at least 40, aren't you? Of those games? Yeah. Oh no, no, exactly. So totally, I just yeah. worry that no matter what happens next season, you're then definitely looking to replace him the summer after. So. I yeah. think you need two keepers in this summer. One who can maybe learn from Foster with the with the look of replacing him eventually. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a difficult one to to navigate that, isn't it? I, no, there's there's that. I would imagine that they look for another midfielder, and I would imagine they look for another striker. I I think they'll. I think as good as the strikers that, that we've got are, I think they're going to look for. A, you know, a, a tried, tested League One firing striker. That's and what I, I think. And Alfie Bay or something like that. Uh, something like that. And I think, and I think that you'll send a bigger staff out on loan. You'll have an Alfie May or somebody like that up front with Mullin. And I think you'll have you know Dolby and Palmer kind of and and Waters pushing it as, as you, usually people want five top quality strikers and I think that is the kind of group we'd be looking at um, and to recruitment if, if we yeah. play 51 games at least next season and maybe if you want to go on a cup run you push that up I think the priority will just be on the league next season because we've already sort of right. flirted with the cups right, this, right. this past season anyway I think that and what the, a flirt that was by the way what a flirt that was absolutely but, incredible yeah, I, think, I think we definitely got invited back to the house didn't we and uh, unbelievable what, what I think it been? I, amazing I, I mean, it's the other week. When was it? Who? Who did we? It was when Sheffield United playing Blackburn. I was thinking, God, yeah, it'd be really inconvenient if we if we got through, wouldn't it? If we beat the top, would he? Got to the quarterfinal. Well, it more delayed league games. It would have done. But I, I, said, I went public. I know it doesn't matter now, but I, I would have, I would have taken. Is it sacrilegious to say I'd have taken missing out on promotion to win the FA Cup? I don't care. I'm going to say it. That yeah, I, I would the FA Cup. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, but some people I, I've said that before, and some people have given me a, a dodgy look, um, which you can't give me now because I'm not I, I'm not looking at you. Um, but yes. Anyway, the FA Cup was amazing. Um, but so recruitment's one thing. I think, like I said, in my opinion, I think defensively they're there. Um, I think they've got 
you know, there's not one of these defenders I think can't hack it in the league above. League one's a different story, but that's not a worry for today. Um, I would also say that that one of the next steps for Wrexham is 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 really growing the brand. And I say that given the brand is already huge, but I think there's a massive commercial opportunity now to, you know, probably triple the costings of your sponsorships. You know, we know that the likes of TikTok, Expedia, you know, those kind of deals are up for renewal. And, you know, it's, it's complete guesswork at the minute. I would be surprised if TikTok is the shirt sponsor. Um, I, I would be expecting... I've spoken to a company. I can't really say which one right now because I got in some hot water. Um, but I think that is going to change personally. We'll see. And and so growing the brand is, is, is absolutely key. You've got the US preseason tour. Got a new game announced for that this week, Rich. So we've now got Chelsea in North Carolina. We've got LA Galaxy 2 in Los Angeles. We've got Manchester United's, you know, reserves youth team in San Diego. And then there's one more, which I'm almost certain will be in Philadelphia. We'll soon find out, I'm sure, who we're playing there. I do not know. Um, but that is going to be absolutely huge, you know, to give these fans that were streaming and, and streaming that parade yesterday and watching on the chance to see these players in the flesh. You know, we can't underestimate that. Well, that's another, Sec- that was another yeah. aspect of the parade I, I forgot to mention, was the fact that for lots of those people at the parade, that would have actually been the first time they've seen these players in the flesh, the flesh because getting tickets is so difficult. And right. they they were treated, it would be, like, it sounds maybe crazy to, to a degree, but that is like walking down the street for some kids and seeing like, Harland or De Bruyne, seeing the likes of Mullen and Elliot Lee, because you've only watched them on TV, perhaps, and there they were in the flesh, and they are such superstars now to this young generation. It's just so inspirational and so exciting. And yeah, like you said, this US tour is going to give those across the pond stateside the chance as well to to experience Wrexham up close it's not quite the same match day experience I don't want to you know piss on your chips to use a British term too much but it's <laughs> don't, please don't piss on my chips that's uh maybe that's why it that, tastes so good in Torquay maybe maybe but the thing is you know it's gonna be brilliant it's gonna be so it is. good that that they get to share this and for Robin Ryan to showcase it you know as well to to their friends it's obviously gonna be more accessible for them to bring friends and family over to to a game in, in the states this summer and it's just going to be so so good and so important of, of of like you said building that brand and robin ryan aren't joking when they say they want Wrexham to be america's team you know they want them to be supported all across you know the states and all of north america and this is a huge step in doing that making it accessible you do wonder if this is my own personal point of view you wonder when we're going to have like an official club shop in the Amer- in america north america or at least right. a distribution right. hub yeah, it seems it seems a no-brainer, both a no-brainer and essential. Whether logistically that is is an option right now, um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not privy to that kind of thing, but yeah, I mean it seems a complete no-brainer. The way you're looking at it, you've got the end of the season now, just of the parade. It's the third of May when we're recording this. Um, you've got the players going out to Vegas tomorrow on Thursday when this is out. Um, you've got, so then there's that. There's going to be a little bit of a lull. Players will get time with their families. Then you're going to have, the kits are going to be out. That's going to build back up the hype. And you're going to have some new players. That's going to build the hype. But then you're going to have the US tour. And you've got about a week or so. And then you've got the new season starting. And then, I don't know, a couple of weeks after that, you're going to get the documentary. So, and then after the documentary, you're going to have Mullins' book, and then it's Christmas, and, you know, then we're at the end of the year. We're at the end of it. Trophy parade. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, if, you know, if you look, if just, if you say, if you just look at that timeline between now and, say, the first episode of season two of the documentary, you know, that is absolutely vital. That is prime, you know, that that is a kind of a prime brand growth opportunity. Because if I'm looking at it from an American point of view, You've got the NBA playoffs on now. Um, they will be, you know, winding down soon. We're already into the second round of those. The NFL doesn't start until similarly to to the football season. So, you know, Wrexham over that summer will get huge billing in the US. And if we've had Paul Rudd and, and Co. come over to Wrexham, can you imagine in Los Angeles? You know, the people that will want to come down and, and, and watch. Um, you know, will Gareth Bale be one of these people that wants to come and? sit with Rob McElhenney and it'll just be huge news. It'll be global news once again. 
And and so, yes, what have I said there? Recruitment, grow the brand. And the other key one, Rich, will be going forward now is the stadium, is the training ground, is the facilities. You know, we've already seen work get underway for the new floodlights. You know, they are going to be blinding so, so, so bright that they can bring internationals back. There's some talk of Wales against Gibraltar in October. That can be back at the race course. And then you're looking at, say, is it June the 1st? Work starts on the COP in time to be completed for the 2024-25 season. So not only is things going to look different on the pitch, we're going to have new away days, we're going to have a new badge on the shirt in terms of, not badge on the front, you know, but a badge in terms of the League 2 badge, potentially new sponsors. Lots of that will change, but we're going to see actual infrastructure. You know, in the documentary, it was about the gym, wasn't it? But this is going to be, we're going to see actual concrete and 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 uh, we're going to see a stand formed in front of our eyes week to week. And you can imagine as well that you know the plans are already underway for them to then expand the stadium beyond that. You think maybe the quadrants. You think maybe expanding. You know the Wrexham Lager stand. Wrexham Lager, yeah, that seems the one, doesn't it? That seems the one where you know Rob was talking to the Queen Consort, wasn't he, about? And he was and he was gesturing over towards the Wrexham Lager. So I'm I'm sure the plan is is there, as you say. And that's what the parade you know, showed us as well that there is this demand. We all know there's demand, but this was an actual sort of quantifiable amount. I know we struggle to quantify it in this podcast, but you could actually <laughs> see for yourself just how much demand there was. And that's on a Tuesday night after a bank holiday. You know, there's got to be thousands of others who couldn't be there. Thousands of others worldwide who couldn't be there either. So there is so much demand, so much interest in Wrexham Football Club right now that, yeah, if, if you're sick of Rob and Ryan, Get used to it because you know they are here to stay, aren't they? And I thought you were, were going to say if, you, if you're sick of Rob Ryan Red, then I was like, I, I hope not. I hope no, that if people... you're sick of Rob Ryan Red, just don't <laughs> listen to us, but do download us every week. That <laughs> helps. Um, that, no, we got actually we got we got lots of lovely messages. I'm going to read one out because I know people are taking the time out to send. And apologies if I haven't got to your one because I know there were a few. But we got a message, a Rich from James Johnston, who put. Thanks for the podcast this season. I've listened to every episode from Adelaide, Australia, while I drive to work. Um, I'm sure you guys need a break, but overseas fans uh, rely on Twitter and podcast, so please keep the content coming. Um, yeah, professionally done, really well done. We'll keep listening. So, James, thank you very much. Um, and, yes, thank you to anyone who's been leaving us Spotify comments as well because they are great and they're publicly available, so you'll see your name pop up uh, on there. And also, I will say questions we get asked which in dms on rob ryan red how can i watch rex and matches next season so i know this season it was national league tv i think that was a massive success personally i know there was some issues with certain night streams generally i thought that was pretty good um given it was introduced mid-season but you put together also i, I i'm now realizing my housemate is is running in and out of uh in and out of their room slamming the door so apologies if anyone can hear that but um yeah, you put a guide together, didn't you, Rich, on, on how to watch the games, which which will help people out next season. Yeah, if you go on robbrownred.com, there will be sort of an SEO guide there on how you can watch Wrexham games for every competition. So that includes uh, the League 2 matches, FA Cup matches, League Cup matches, and the Papa John's trophy matches. Who's got the TV rights for them in the UK and the US, where I've been able to, to actually source them. Obviously, things might change between now and the end of the season. But yeah, if you want to know how you're going to watch Wrexham next season then yeah, robbrownred.com, there is an article there, and we'll be tweeting that quite regularly as well through the season. So if you ever need to know what, where or how to watch Wrexham uh, on a match day, just uh, check out on our Twitter feed, robbrownred, and you should be able to find a guide. Rich, end of season awards. We've got it. We don't get to give the actual ones out, but we can give our own ones. Rob Ryan Red's end of season awards, very glitzy, kind of like the Met Gala, but without the extravagant outfits, I guess. But let's get through some end of season. Well, it's like the Met Gala in that Ryan Reynolds isn't here. <laughs> it, it's, it, that is exactly like the Met Gala. Ryan Reynolds is not here. Um, and you actually can't see why I'm dressed. So I could say I'm in some extravagant, um, maybe salmon-coloured suit or something. I don't know. Um, but end of season awards. We're going to have some crossover, undoubtedly. Um, and we'll put you know our reasoning, I think. We'll put our reasoning up on robbrownred.com on the day this comes out. But let's let's get through a couple then, shall we? So, player of the season, you are you we'll we'll go you you can go first and then and then I'll we'll, we'll flip and we'll flip and flop on them. But player of the season, I think I know who you're going to say. But who is your 2022-2023 Wrexham FC player of the season? If you're asking me for my player of the season, it's Paul Mullin. 
If you ask me for my Rob Brown Red sponsored player of the season, it's Jacob Mendy Mendy because we are contractually obliged to say that. <laughs> Paul Wallen for me. It's the moments, it's the consistency, doing it in the big games, the goals he scores. You almost take for granted how good he is. Think back to, go to that list we, we published of all the players who've played for as a non-league. Look at those strikers there. Strikers who would maybe get three or four goals a season. Paul Mullen does that in a single game. He does it in the biggest games. It, he is just a phenomenon. He's a player who is not only our best player now, but can be our best player in the years to come as well. Right. He is Mr. Wrexham. He, his name is chanted every single game without fail. The, you know, everywhere you go, we're putting on a show, but you also just hear of Paul <laughs> Mullen. He, he is just brilliant. I think he's the epitome yeah. of this Wrexham team. Hard working. He grafts away. He he knows what it means. He gets gets what it is to be a fan, and he gives us all every single match. You can see Paul Mullen run his socks off until he can't give any more, and then he still tries to give some more as well. He scores the goals so regularly. We've had so many moments. He could have his own goal of season competition every single campaign as well. He is just he ticks every single box for me. There's just. We can try to be funny, Duddy. We can try to twist it and say, <laughs> this person's the unsung hero. But we both know that's a lie. It's Paul Mullen. Yes. I'm also I'm also going to go with Paul Mullen. Just hit the magistry, just everything about his game is just... Like you say, I, I think you might have said it, he, he, he's not a big game player. He's just an every game player. He is absolutely brilliant. And he comes up clutch time and time again. You know, Boreham Wood game, we're down 1-0. He delivers two of the best goals of the season I I think the first one I know you were talking about the second one on the left foot the first one is is just absolutely majestic and I know we did a giveaway choices to you and who won that about um and I think it was an iconic print of, of you know that that Mullin goal that first one he scored against Boreham which is just phenomenal it is Mullin for me Rich then young player of the season now, I know there aren't loads of contenders for this I'm not trying to de- devalue it Matt won it last year. Yeah, what we said. I mean, I've always felt that this is completely irrelevant. I'm saying do, 23 and below. Is that yeah. what a young player? I feel there should be a different award that's just like rookie of the year. Like for someone who's played less than X amount of games in their career or someone who is maybe new to the team. I know that would come into new signing, but there, there's some, some instances where like a player who is new to the league or new to football. Well, look, I, well, if, 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 okay, well, we could change the name of it. Well, I, I was going to give it to Sam Dolby. Um, I think he still qualifies as a young player anyway. Um, I think had Ryan Barnett been here the whole season, well, Tom O'Connor only would have got twenty four, hasn't he? I mean, that is that is a question for Google, so, and not for when, me. When does uh, Tom? When was Tom O'Connor eligible for the award? He was well, uh, twenty four in April. Well, I'm so going to let you. In, I'm going to let you include, all, all season. I'm, I'm going to let you include Tom O'Connor. Then I'm going to go with Sam Dolby. Um, really, really impressed. One of the most improved players um, over the course of the season. And I do think his goal at Aldershot was the clutch moment of the year, um, if, if, if such a thing exists. I know I'm big into my NBA at this time of year, but that really was absolutely huge. And, and like you said before, the kind of the squeals people were letting out up and down the, the country when that one went in was just from, I mean, that was just a huge, huge goal. And, and I think he's just improved in real time. And a lot of these players, Mullin was fabulous when he arrived. Elliot Lee was brilliant when he arrived. Andy Cannon, you know, very established when he arrived. A lot of these players were. But Sam Dolby wasn't. And I really think he's come on leaps and bounds. And for me, if if it is a young player of the year that, that the club stick with as they did last year, Sam Dolby for me, absolutely no-brainer. Yeah, well, your three contenders are Dolby, O'Connor and Barnett, really. As, to, as the main laid free. And that, well, look, you can, make a, you, can make a case, you can make a case for Tom O'Connor, definitely, couldn't you? Yeah, I think I probably would because he 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 when he had been fit was our best player sort of January February. He was so so good, and in those big FA Cup games, he was incredible. He was playing out of position against Notts County. You know that 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 Notts County game had so wow. much riding on it. Tom O'Connor comes back into the team out of position and plays like he did. I know you can say Dolby's goal at shots huge. It is and. You know, it is massive, and we maybe don't win the league without that. But then we maybe don't win the league without Tom O'Connor playing as well as he did against Notts County. Right. I think that just the way that he was written off, myself included, I just didn't know what he did or what he offered. And he started scoring some very heavily deflected free kicks. He started growing in confidence. And he's just become a player who was on the periphery and a bit of an unknown to 
just seismic. He's the metronome yeah. of his field. We're yeah. so much better with him on the pitch. He encapsulates everything Parky wants. You know, his style of play of being able to have these quick transitions from back to front. Tommy Connor orchestrates them. He's the conductor of this Wrexham team. And for me, Tommy Connor is my young player of the year. Yeah, that that is a very compelling argument um, to make. And, and with all these, let us know. Get in touch. RobRyanRed at gmail.com. Rob, all the socials. Let us know your picks for these various... And then, Nate, we're not even saying Ryan Barnett there, who, uh, you know, he has been... There was that discussion when he signed, like, do we actually need this guy? You know, we yes. obviously, we. I've been saying for a long time, I wanted a winger who would play wing-back, basically, because that's what they can do. But even when he signed, I was like, well... There's other areas of the pitch I'd rather have bought in. At that time, I would rather have bought a striker than Ryan Barnett. But what he has done has been incredible. And like you said, he's a player who can go right up the leagues of us and is is a player who just gets at fans risk. excited. I, I, think, I think he would have won it comfortably if he'd have been with us all season. I just think, you know, two months is, is not... I can't give him an award when I uh, for two months' work. I just can't do it. I, I've been bowled over by how good he is. But, you know, you're talking about Tom O'Connor, incredible, and Sam Dolby, who I think has been brilliant. So it, it's not a knock on Barnett at all. I think he, he's he's going to be one of our best players next season. I really do believe that. And, um, yeah, but I just think I just think with the limited games he's had, I can't give it him. But what I can do is shuffle it along to goal of the season. Lots of contenders, Rich. This, Maybe this a couple of honorable mentions. Be, yeah, I'll just be scr- sort of clutching at straws here because I can't remember enough of them. Okay, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to give you... Mine. Okay, go on, you go first. Elliot Lee at Coventry, which is accidental, yeah. but right, incredible. Elliot Lee against Chesterfield felt so right. big and felt... That was... Huge. Right, yeah. That was in my list of... I, I had three, Rich, that were, that were kind of jotted down for me. I had Elliot Lee against Chesterfield... I had Luke Young scoring that looping volley away at Maidstone, if I you remember. I got my goal of the season, I just remembered it. Um, and the one I went with, though, so there were those two that were mentioned. I remember mine. Um, I've, I went with, I went with, I went with Elliot Lee at home against Dorking, just for the pure technique. I know it wasn't the, you know, the most high stakes game or, you know, the most pressure game, but what he delivered where he cuts in and just pings it top corner. Usually for me on these goals of the season, I'm not looking for the magnitude of the goal. I'm looking for beauty, distance, technique, the aesthetics of it. And for me, that was just, that was, you know, a phenomenal finish. And, I, uh, I, if I hate to break it to you, but you are wrong. Uh, goal uh, of the season I, was huh? James Jones against Altrincham. It was Parkiola at his very best, quick interchange. Beautiful passing move and a clever finish at the end of it. James Altrincham was it for me? Yeah, but for me, I'm for me, I'm a sucker for distance on these things. I'm a sucker for long range strikes for goals of the season. I always have been. I look these tippy tappy moves are nice. The move itself, but I'm just looking for a pure rocket, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So for me, I'm going to go with Ellie Liggins talking. You're going to go with James Jones against Altrincham. Uh, that was one of the games, Altrincham at home and Oldham at home, were two games where we quite quite frankly just took the piss. And it was <laughs> unlike sort of the Wrexham of old. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dagnum away as well. You know, it was just complete total football. And Parky gets a lot of criticism. I've criticised him in the past for being a long ball sort of tactician. And, you know, he obviously values these quick transitions from back to front. But... My God, when his teams play football, they can play football as good as anyone. They are right. so good on the ball. They just go for the percentages. They try and be effective. That's why they go long ball. It's because that is the most high percentage way of scoring the goals at this level. And, you know, they can mix it up. And I think that goal against Altrigum, it was almost anti-Phil Parkinson. It was everything we told he wasn't. And it was brilliant, flash, fast-flowing. Barcelona-esque passing move and a brilliant finish and yeah Wrexham were will, will full flow I loved it well you can settle that argument because you brothers and you can give us your goal of the season on socials Rich this is another one that I was really conflicted by and again maybe it's not the most high, high profile moment but for me it just it's the one I look back on and I just had the most unbridled joy in that individual moment there are a couple that I, I thought of Ben Foster's penalty save was 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 a pushing it really close, but for me, I've mentioned it on spaces and socials. Sam Dolby scoring at Coventry, 
I was next to you. We were, you know, FA Cup third round. It had been a while. It had been, you know, a few years since Stoke. And then I was thinking back to Brighton even before that. I love the cup, obviously, as I've mentioned before. Going 1-0 up there just meant everything. It was just amazing. that They were just the purest. Um, and, and like you said about Elite Leeds, they were all great. But that first one, to go 1-0 up, having gone in a bit deflated by the team selection and, and actually confused about Dolby starting the game, um, that was, thing, for being, me, that was, the, that was, yeah, the for me, that was it. Commentary, I felt, I thought, why are we not taking this seriously? Why, why are we right. not some of our biggest players? And Right. But from I, I do totally get that. That was just a moment that will live with me forever. But yeah, in football, they say the best thing is to score a last minute winner. The, the best thing in football is actually to save a penalty in the last minute because it's you have right so much there. doubt in your head and you realize, you know, you, 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 you sort of ready yourself for the disappointment. You know, I got my coat, I stood up and I was ready to leave the stadium and I was so angry, so frustrated that we'd managed to throw it away again. And then Ben Foster did that. And, you know, I, I just think that that is just a moment that transcends football almost. We've said, I, I can you read that. that. If you write, I, I mean, if you write Wrexham go to Coventry and win, people do believe that. If you, right, right. If you write the two best ever teams in non-league football would have a title decider on Easter Monday, they would go toe-to-toe, you know, there'd be so little in it. And then in the last seconds when Wrexham looked like they won, they give away a penalty. And then Ben Foster, who's just come out of retirement, the 40-year-old, saves the penalty to effectively win Rex in the league there and then. You can't beat it. I'm sorry, I know uh, I nah. twist it, but that uh, is the moment. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I'm unhappy to concede that one for sure. You know, because I, if, you know, if if you if you did say that as a plot, people would be like, God, that's too cheesy. They ain't gonna buy that. <laughs> that's so like you've gone for every cliche you can go for. Yeah, you know, hey, look, that... your old past it goalkeepers will come out of retirement. And he's gonna vlog himself saving a penalty to win Rex in the league against their fiercest rivals. You know, it's likely dodgeball with Ben Stiller. Yeah. You know, it's that well, sort that... of comeback. <laughs> it's a good it's film, just... actually. It's a good film. Yeah, but it's it just sounds like bullshit. Right. Happened. But also I would say honourable mentions for me to already mentioned it, Dolby Header older shot, and I think Elliot Lee's debut when he scores twice against Eastley, that was great. Um that, that you know, to have his dad there watching and to come off you know, to come on and, and make the impact that he did, I thought that was brilliant. Um, only a couple more, Rich, then. What are we going for the... Well, I've got the uh, best and worst away days. Best away day? Oldham for me. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. The one I did make it to, Oldham. I mean, that was, again, you know, the last-minute penalty right in front of the away fans. And we were bad. Coventry was great, but we were the better team and we played against 10 men for about half an hour, didn't we? Right, Oldham, right. We were the worst. We, they were all over us for 65 minutes. Fondop scored and did the Ronaldo celebration. Elliot Lee comes on, changes the game a bit. Toza scores a brilliant goal. And then the last touch of the... Literally, like the last kick of the game, we, we get a penalty and Mullin dispatches it. And it was Bedlam. For me, it's got to be Oldham away. And the worst away day of the season? I think uh, Chesterfield away was bad for me because it was torrential rain. I got there about an hour early and, and didn't have my ticket. Had to wait for you to arrive. And then we watched that. Yeah, that was bad. I actually went with Wealdstone away. Um, mainly because it was nil-nil and we didn't have many of those this season and I had the sun in my eyes for pretty much most of the first half. as well? I did Yeovil. I actually had Yeovil down as, uh, again, because there's a couple more categories on the list. I had Yeovil down as the worst atmosphere of the season and I say that, not to be too disparaging against Yeovil, it was, I felt like I was cooking alive on the away end. I had James with me. I couldn't put sun cream on fast enough. That day I did remember it. That was literally the hottest day since records it was the, began, I, I, was, I think it was something like that. It was something like the hottest days since records began. The away end at Yeovil, if you've never been, is completely open. If you're standing behind the goal, it it was a, a, a an absolute sun. It was an oven basically, and uh, and we didn't play very well. And we drew one, or they scored an absolute worldy. You know, Yeovil's in disarray. Another relegated now. It was just that wasn't very good. And and for me, which I went on the opposite side of that, the best atmosphere. You could say Notts County at home. You could make a, a, a very good argument. You can make an argument for Sheffield United at home, which I didn't get to go to as away in Philadelphia. But I went with Boreham Wood at home. I just thought, you know, the everything about that game, going 1-0 down, crowd never turned, crowd never got too antsy, the Mullin genius going on the pitch at the end, that was yeah, that was special. That was uh, 
you're talking about the parade being biblical that was really really special stuff an atmosphere that will live with me for a long time i agree i think that the difference for boring woods as well was that for about 10 minutes we knew we'd won the league do you know what I mean it wasn't as if there was it was like a last second right oh we've won the league but it slowly was dawning on you and you were starting to realize as we went along those cynics the people like me who who don't believe it till they see it from sort of 15 minutes towards the end 10 minutes left it was like you know we've done this we have won the league i'm living this right now Wrexham have yeah, finally done so it so surreal yeah it was brilliant and the scenes as soon as the whistle went it's what we've always dreamt of something that i could never have actually envisaged though i couldn't sort of get that mental image of what it would look like to watch Wrexham win the league and yeah for that to happen was was amazing and these last few weeks in particular, this last month, month and a half, I've had moments that will live with me for forever. And so my yeah. happiest ever moments, not just watching football, but in life, to share it with so many of you who listen to the podcast, to share it with you, Nave, to share it with my family, my friends. It's just been unbelievable. And for me, you know, Rob, Rob and Ryan have done what they set out to do. They've got us dreaming again. They've got us believing again. And this last month and a half has just been, honestly, one of the happiest of, of my entire life. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. And I'm all out of categories now. I don't know if I've missed anything super obvious there that you were thinking about as an award, uh, if we were to, you know, award the players. But it's just been amazing, hasn't it? It's just been... It, you know, when, when the pandemic struck and, you know, we've had Dean Keats on before and, you know, and, and I've spoken to people from that team, you know, the likes of Sean Pearson and Keats and, and others and, and Dior Angus, people like that. And, and they were adamant that it weren't going to go down. Um, you know, they weren't going to go down and we would have survived. And, you know, while that probably was true, given the form we were showing towards the end, it couldn't have felt, this couldn't have felt further away. You know, this couldn't have felt any further away than, you know, having the best pay, you know, the, the best manager and the best paid manager in the league, some of the best players in, in the National League or League Two, winning almost every week a cup run that took us to... Basically, you know, stoppage time in both games away from playing Tottenham. You know, we got to Wembley last year. We got to play the youngsters. We only went out on penalties in Altrincham. It's just very few times a season, Rich, have we been outclassed. I, I would say, when when have we been? One game? That, that's it. That's all I can think of. One game where we were, we were royally outclassed. And um, we made amends for that at home. But... Those are special seasons, mate. They're really, really special. And, you know, this is the best time to be a Wrexham fan. I honestly don't think, even if we go up and up and up, what this means after so long, this is as sweet as it'll get for me. Um, I really really do mean that. And that doesn't mean it gets any worse from here. It can still stay the same. But it, the feeling of relief and catharsis and euphoria, it won't get better than that. And uh, like you said, just another shout out to anyone who's listened and... You know, we see the numbers every week and it's just going through the roof, which just we're so appreciative of that. And, you know, whether you're shaking our hands in, in Torquay while we're you know, trying to get a beer in an Irish pub or or, or, you're, or you're messaging us or you're, you're sending us emails from around the world, we read all of it and, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's just a special season, a special club and a special fan base. And, you know, the only way is up and, and whether that is... League One in a year's time or two years' time or whether that's the Championship in five years or the Premier League in six or seven years, whatever the case may be, we're, we're going to get to enjoy it, mate. And that's the greatest gift I think you could give anyone. Why, Wrexham? That's why. You've seen over the last two seasons now with the kind of us packed every single week. You've seen it on Tuesday night with 20, 30, 40,000 Reds all there because they love their local football team. They believe in it again. They have that faith. Robin Ryan have said, you know, that those supporters, that love was always there. We just needed that reason to believe again. We've got that reason. Wrexham are champions across four different divisions this season. The challenge maybe is to try and go and do it all again next year. They certainly will give it all they've got. And we will be with you every step of the way between now and then as well all summer we'll be bringing you weekly podcasts as we have done we'll be trying to get you some special guests we'll be bringing you all the latest transfer news all the latest gossip everything you need to know about Wrexham or Rob Ryan Red as always we'll plug our socials Rob Ryan Red on absolutely everything Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com if you want to send us uh, an email Rob Ryan as well there's a contact form there and yeah word of mouth's 
Also a huge help, if you listen to the podcast, you like it, share it with just one Wrexham fan who, who's not been introduced to it yet, and you'll be doing us a massive favour. Again, leave a like, subscribe if you haven't already. For myself and Nate, thank you very much, and take care. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.